This is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer from the island of Kauai. And together we're spirit speakers where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Welcome to this new episode on parenting highly intuitive children. We have a special guest today, and we're super excited about this. Jude and I both have highly intuitive children, and so we're going to share some of our tools, but also I think we're going to have a lot to learn from Ellen as well. Hey, Jude. Hey, Patty. I'm really excited about this episode because, you know, for me, this is something that a lot of people have reached out to me to support their young ones. And I just don't feel like I have enough experience behind me to feel qualified on how to communicate with kids in the intuitive space. But I'm learning more and more and I'm, I'm stretching a little bit more, going a little bit younger and younger with um, some of the kids that I'm willing to work with. But to have a, a resource and to have somebody that we can send our audience to. I'm very excited about that. But before we get into the topic, I just have a few little announcements to make for any women out there who are interested in working with plant medicines. I have been in collaboration with a few women and we are doing women's plant medicine retreats. Um, if you would like to know more about that, you can contact me through my website, alignandshinekawaii.com. You can also find me on my Instagram at alignandshinekawaii. There's also going to be a retreat that both Patty and I will be at in Willow Creek, California, which is on the Trinity Humboldt line. That's going to be on June 16th to the 19th. And you can find that information on my website as well. So we would love to see you there. I have a big retreat coming. It's two weeks long in Kathmandu, Nepal, October 14th to the 29th. And I am taking applications for that one right now. So if you've ever wanted to visit Nepal and you're up for an adventure, I encourage you to check out my website and find all of the information there and apply to attend. And lastly, Patty and I will also be doing a meet and greet, and I will be conducting a sound bath in San Diego on June 4th coming up. We are going to release signups for that sometime in April. And those are all the announcements. So now back to the topic. Patty, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, I would like to introduce Ellen Edmondson. Ellen is a psychic intuitive herself. She also has an extremely highly gifted and intuitive son. And Ellen has established a community called Highly Intuitive Kids. And this is a place where not only the parents, but also highly intuitive children can find support and resources. And um, this is such an important thing and so needed. So welcome, Ellen. We're so excited to have you with us today. Oh, and thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. This is a topic I'm so passionate about. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, maybe we can start off um, by you just telling us a little bit about your son. Sure. Um, my son, um, Ethan, he's actually his birthday is on Tuesday. I'm about to have a teenager. So that's going to be a whole different experience. <laughs> when he was, uh, this was in 2019, when he was eight years old, he actually appeared on the uh, Psychic Kids show. Um, the premiere episode it was called Ghost in the Bed. Uh, we ended up landing there because we were looking for a way to help our son. 
um, when he was about two years old, we started noticing that he, you know, these, he started talking about past life experiences. And um, one in particular, he started mentioning about um, these men chasing him and he ran into a building that was on fire. He told us that he died, but his body, he said his body died, but he didn't. And he went to the nowhere place and he waited in that nowhere place for his, me, his mom and dad, which he said, we weren't mom and dad. We were with him before, but we weren't mom and dad. And he waited for us to come back together so he could come and be our son. So that was the first thing when he was barely just about 18 months, almost two years old, just starting to talk. So he didn't watch TV or anything like that, but he was able to articulate that whole experience with us. It was from that, the when he was also like around that same time, my mother had passed away about three and a half months after he was born and he was rushing upstairs to go to bed. And when he did, we were asking him because that wasn't normal for him. Why are you racing to go to bed? He's like, because grandma comes to play ball with me at night. And oh. that really, that touched my heart because it let me know my mom was still around. And just a year after that, my father-in-law had passed away and he started, that was when he couldn't sleep in his room anymore. Because after that point, he said, grandpa was constantly in his room and he didn't know, and it was keeping him awake. So at that point, we didn't really know how to help him. We, we just acknowledged the experiences that he was having, but we were, my husband and I looked at each other. It's like, okay, so what do we, you know, what do we do? It's like, okay. And we would just keep, you know, go on about it. He just started having issues with sleeping and at night and just being very sensitive. We just started picking up on different things. We just really didn't know how to help him or where to turn for help. Um, but at the same time that my son, our stories are kind of intertwined because the same time my son, we were noticing what was happening with him, my abilities started kicking in as well. And so I didn't know, I realized I had this since I was a child, but I dismissed it. I came up with religion and I didn't know what it was. It didn't have the words for it, did not explain it. But as his gifts were opening and he was talking about his experiences, mine were. And so I didn't know how, I didn't rec couldn't recognize it in a child. I didn't even know how to help myself. So we just were trying to figure this out all at the same, all at the same time. Wow. And so it was an experience, but we were just on a journey and on a path. And it really, when he got to eight, trying to figure out how to help him was when we, um, we were just at a loss. Um, like I said, there was nowhere we could really go. And so just out of pure chance, I always say there's no coincidences. An email came and landed in my inbox. And it was an email that said there was a casting call for Psychic Kids Show. And just feeling that gut being led to do it, because normally I wouldn't have even responded to something like that. But we we're just really desperately trying to figure out how to help him because he was being bullied at school and he was having these experiences. We weren't sure what to do. So I responded to the email and we did get, um, like, it was funny, within two hours, we got a response back, just an inquiry back. And from that process to being on the show, it was like about two weeks. We went through the whole process and then they accepted us onto the show. And all I, my husband and I looked at each other and said, this was just meant to be. <laughs> it was meant to be. 
So we did the Psychic Kids show in, in uh, 2019. It's just so surprising that a, a child that young would be able to articulate those experiences so clearly. And so what did you do? And I know you said you didn't have much guidance there or any guidance. How, how did you handle that? Well, when he was, when he started talking about the, um, the past life experience, which after all of this happened and after we went on the show and, um, we did psychic kids and then he did do inside edition in 2022, he did land on that for um, a little segment on their online digital online, um, episode, but when we started, when he started talking about that, and because I started diving into researching what was happening for me, so I'll back up even a little bit. I, within, this was like in January, 2013, it's actually 10 years ago. Um, I started having these experiences where I had gone to the library to get a book and ended up walking by the metaphysical section, never thought anything about it, but it was like, this book just called me. It was Raymond Buckland's book of spirit communications. Have you two heard of that book before? I haven't. You no, know, that was, it's a, it's a really good book. And it had like, you know, all the information about spirit communications in it and what it meant. And so I picked up that book and two books on automatic writing. No, I didn't know what those topics were. I didn't even know. And I, I normally, I wouldn't even have picked up a book on spirit communications. I will say that after my mother died three and a half months after my son was born, I just went on, I, I was raised Catholic and I went on this whole quest to try and understand life and afterlife. And my mom and I were best friends. So it was just like one of those like really gut-wrenching experiences to have lost her right when I had my son. And so I was just trying to figure everything out, being a new mom and grieving at the same time. But I read every James Von Prague book I could get my hands on. And I have to say that was what helped me to get through my grief was really trying to understand the afterlife. And I think that whole foundation was what led to opening up the loss of my mother. And I went on all that research and then it opened everything up for me. Um, and I started doing meditating and started trying to, as I was trying to go into the grief process, trying to find moments of time that I could get quiet and work through it. Um, and that, that's when I started doing the meditations. Um, and also just needing a break, you know, from two-year-old <laughs> trying to find those minutes when you could escape for a moment. But one day, as I was reading those books I picked up from the library, um, that evening I opened up the Raymond Buckland's book, Spirit Communications to Automatic Writing, and my hand just started moving. I wasn't consciously doing it. I just, my hand started moving. And I was like, as I was reading what it was. So I went and got a paper and pen and started making circles and scribbles and all these things. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I don't know what's going on. But it was from that point for nine days, it was just like this explosion of skills. I went from automatic writing. And then like two days later, it was automatic typing. I went to the computer to start checking emails. And my hands started flying across the keyboards. I'd never experienced anything like that. Just energy coming out of my fingers, typing all these weird letters and things. And then little sentences started to form. I started getting little words. And at this point, I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Because I don't know what all this is. I finally opened up and I told my husband about it. And I was like, there's something weird going on with me. I don't know what this is, but, <laughs> and he didn't, he was like, okay. <laughs> so he didn't think it was too strange or anything. At the time he's like, well, we'll figure it out. 
but I went from then automatic typing a couple of days later, it went into focal communication, trans communication. Um, my husband went out to walk the dog. He comes back. I was sitting typing, um, frozen in place. And when he comes in, this voice just came out of me and started talking to him and was sharing. It was like um, messages, these beautiful messages saying it was a group of angels communicating through me. And all this, I, I'm just like, wow, I don't know what to think of all this. All this happened in nine days. And so automatic writing, automatic typing, speaking vocally, this transcommunication. So we were just trying to figure out what do you do with this as well. Same time, this is when the things were happening with my son, when he started talking about seeing grandpa in the house and, and, you know, going to play ball with grandma, all of that happening. So my husband got us enrolled, did some research, trying to, he's like, this is unique. So let's figure it out. We got into an intuitive development class. And um, that was the Reverend Carolyn. I'll never forget her. She was a blessing. We went and talked with her, sat down and I explained everything. I was like, I don't know, you know, if I'm losing it, I don't know what's going on. This is unique. I don't know what to do with this. What is this? And she said, she said, sweetie, you're not, you're not losing it. You're not, I, I was calling it cuckoo berries or, you know, what was going on? She said, no, you're not cuckoo berries. She's like, you have a gift. And she said, and it's coming to you for a reason. And you're meant to share this with others and to share it with the world. And so she, we started going to her intuitive development class and it just started, it put me on the path to try and figure this out. But at the same time, with our son going through this, we weren't talking about it to anybody. We weren't telling anybody about it. And we were just trying to figure out how to help him. Um, but he became very sensitive. He was sensitive to sounds and places. You know, when we took him to places, he would scream and cry. He didn't want to be in groups and crowds. And we were trying to figure all of this out. And, um, and I have to say, you know, it was wonderful having Patty came and talked to our highly intuitive kids group. And we were talking about empathy and how kids, my son is very empathic and very intuitive. And so he was experiencing all of the signs and symptoms of having empathy, but we didn't know what it was and that how, how he was feeling everything around him, experiencing the energies um, in his body, um, how he couldn't be around loud sounds and noises and how he was just sensing so much um, that it was funny as he grew older, the main thing we did was just listen to him and just kind of held space for him. We knew that there was nothing unusually wrong with him because we knew what I was going through, but we were trying to figure all this out together. So it was just, it was just a process. Um, but it was, it was, it was very fascinating to us. It was very, at times it was kind of scary because he did get bullied when he was in school because he would go to school and he would come back and he would tell, he's like, he's like, mom, I was trying to explain to the kids that were multidimensional beings, but they weren't understanding what I was saying. They didn't get it. And I was like, sweetie, you can't go to school telling these kids that they're multidimensional. I was like, they don't understand that. And you can have some adults who don't understand that. So we were trying to help him embrace who he was, is, was, and is but also be able to live with the context of knowing that not everybody can understand it and how you have to navigate that. But that's hard for children. It's hard when this is just naturally a part of who you are, but you don't feel like you can share it because people don't understand it. 
And that's what kind of led us to our whole quest of what we're doing now is to raise awareness, normalize conversations around this. So kids like our son and kids in general don't feel like they have to hide this part of themselves because it's it's who they are. It's a natural part of them. It's not something they can turn off. It's high intuition. And this ability is a trait that people have that needs to be embraced and understood. And once people understand it um, and we can bring more awareness to it, then people will know how to better parents interact with their children better and understand it. Educators with students in their classrooms and others who support children, even like mental health professionals all to realize that there's actually this trait that needs to be understood Um, because sometimes this trait can be, and a lot of times it is misunderstood because it ends up becoming a diagnosis that may not be, that's really not what it is. (laughs) So we, we held a lot of space for our son and, and just we're working through all of this that was unfolding for our family at the same time for me and for him. That is an incredible story and listening to the whole journey of how you got there and how everything unfolded. And, you know, some reflections that I had in that is, uh, you know, losing your mom and going through that trauma and how much energetically that can really break people down and make them so vulnerable, so sensitive and so open. And a lot of times, a lot of people's spiritual awakening happens with some sort of trauma like that, especially when they're being separated from somebody and they're needing and desiring this uh, connection and this wanting to know and be sure that their loved one is okay. And what I always try to teach people, because sometimes people think, you know, well, you know, some people have the gift and some people don't. And I'm like, everybody can have the gift. Really, the difference is where you put your energy, where you put your focus. And you had a catalyst, you had your son, you had um, the passing of your mother, and it turned your attention. Those gifts were always there, in my opinion, when I when I think of you, it's like they were always there, but maybe we were always too distracted by everything else that was going on. But the second you turn your attention towards seeking spiritual wisdom or knowledge or understanding, the gateways can open very quickly. And sometimes for some, like you, very fast, your nine day transformation. It sounds very much like my spiritual awakening. It happened so fast. It was like everything all at once. And then I just had to kind of plateau and deal and learn to control and manage the gifts that I got very quickly in this support group that you're making. And as you said, holding space for your son, you you know, reflecting upon this for me as a child, I always had intuitive gifts, but nobody around me was talking about it. Nobody was speaking in this way. So I completely uh, was sort of like conditioned to just assume that this was just tricks of the mind or tricks of the eye and didn't even consider that it was a psychic ability until I was almost pretty much an adult. And I hear this time and time again with people, clients and such that they're like, oh, and you said it, I had this gift when I was younger and somehow I just forgot. Somehow I just kind of, it faded away and it wasn't until they became adults again that uh, the conversations were more available. There were uh, TV shows, interviews happening, podcasts where people started being like, wait a minute here, let me let me think about this. Now that I'm rolling through my memory banks, I do have gifts. And so this is the way the world is changing. Not only are people becoming more intuitive, but there's more of a platform. There's more of a community for for people to feel safe and comfortable with saying, this is unusual. 
and it's okay. And now I have a resource to uh, find the information that I need in order to develop, develop my skills and feel more comfortable and accept myself, right? So I can only imagine as you've been guided to open up this uh, highly intuitive kids support group that there must have been, am I guessing right, kind of an overwhelming response of people who were really hungry for that kind of support? Like how did that all unfold and where has that gone since since you birthed the idea of that wow well, you're right it has been a, a hunger for this and people needing this information and and we really saw that when we went through our being on the uh, psychic kids show and what we our experience it was really based on that and I'll, I'll tell you this whole idea came from um it was in 2021 it was about for three weeks straight I kept being woke up at three o'clock in the morning. It was intuitively downloads, like three weeks straight, just coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. And I knew after we were on the show um, and after the cameras were off and everything, it was they helped us to understand the abilities that Ethan had. But after the show was over, you know, there there was limited you know, support. They kept in touch, but that wasn't their job to like, you know, do do the handhold on. They they gave us the understanding that he had these abilities. Um, but then I was like, okay, what do we do going forward still now that we knew he had the gifts that he had? Um, so we were still looking around. Wh where do you go? What do you do? You, you know, you can't go to the doctor and talk about this. You, you can't go to school and talk about this. So it had me dive and do a lot of research. I just, and I'm a book person <laughs> all my life, tons of books and reading and trying to figure things out. So that sent me on that search. And then when these um, downloads started coming to me, it came in a way I couldn't ignore it, just like when my abilities opened up. Oh, and I will mention that even after that nine days in my automatic writings, they told me I would start in six months drawing for spirit. So I also do spirit art as well. But it was like that whole, those downloads for three weeks were coming like that. It was just constant, constant and, and waking me up. So I just started writing and it was, I was being led. It was like, you have to set up a, a website with information for people to access and using, um, I put, there's a lot of information out there from like doctors and, and Mayo clinics and all you know, really credible resources so that parents had good information and teachers and educators, they go to the site, they can look and there's links to different um, resources, online resources and information that helps to give them a good amount of information to open their minds to the possibility of what this means um, for parents to be able to have the resources to support their children. But for even for teachers and other professionals or family advocates, people who support these and come across these children, hopefully to open their mindset so that they're not automatically going straight to it's only a diagnosis, but looking at, okay, maybe there's a little something more here that we need to explore with these children. And I always believe that the best way that we can help our children is for parents to edu be educated. Um, so as those downloads came and came and came and came, and it just, and I just felt this push. It wasn't even like, I don't even feel like I had a choice. <laughs> Spirit was just pushing me like do this do this do this and so i realized too that being on the psychic kids show and doing inside edition gave us the platform and more awareness that there were other people out there like us 
And, and even more, because after we did that, there were families, there were people reaching out to us, even my husband and myself and my son, um, through his, he has a Facebook page. Um, all the kids that were on the show had a page set up and folks were reaching out and wanting information. And I've had these same experiences as younger people and even older people. I had the same experiences. I didn't have any support. My child now is having these experiences. What do we do? So I believe all of that is spirit just was like, take this and, and go with it and, and help. So that's why we set up the website, um, got all the information laid out there and then started the Facebook group. Cause the, the things that w- would have been helpful for us is to want to have the, have resources to help us, um, have support and have a community. And I think those are the three key things that people, whether it's a child or an adult coming into realization of their, their, the true meaning of their abilities and, um, that they have is to have those. Once you have those three things, the resources, support in the community, you understand it better and you can feel more confident and connected to your, to yourself. You can feel whole in yourself when you know that you're not alone and you have a means of really working through everything. And so that, that was what, that's what started the whole thing. Um, it's just uh, our strong desire to also like with helping our son and again, connecting people and connecting children. We want the more parents know that they're not alone and kids connecting children. That makes a big difference because when they can talk to each other, communicate with each other, know there's others out there like them, it makes a huge difference. And I can tell you for my son, after he was on the show, he felt like it made him feel so much better knowing that there were words for what he had knowing that he wasn't alone and that, that he could, that it was just something it was unique about him and that he just, um, you know, he, he, he always felt like he was strange, like it was different. And the thing I will go back to say is, although I mentioned we were unfolding at the same time, I was not talking to him. He was eight. I wasn't talking to him about what was happening to me because I was still trying to figure it out. And I was thinking he was too young um, to understand this, not realizing that me not talking about it made him and telling him not to talk about it outside the house made him feel like something was wrong with him. And that was never my intention, but that's how he took it. And so when we got the help and he started seeing that there were other kids on the show and then as after the show, people reaching out, he started seeing there were more children like this. It made him feel much better um, about what he was experiencing and, and, and about himself in general. So, you know, and I have to say, because one day he came home from school and I always share this story. And he said to me, um, I, he was sad because of still kids weren't understanding him at school. And I was going into the mom's speech and launching in about how, you know, you need to love yourself and you embrace your abilities. You've been given this for a reason and, and you're going to do great things. And he looked at me and he said, mom, I can't be me until you be you stop hiding. Oh my gosh. That's his exact words to me <laughs> out of the <laughs> mouth of babes. And I was just like, wow. I, I what could I say that? I just was like, he just, he was like, yeah, that's what he told me. And I was like, that was spirit, the universe guy that was telling me you need to step up. And if I want my child to understand how to love and embrace himself and his abilities, I have to model that for him. I have to show him what that looks like. And I have to be that for him. And so that's, it was at that point. 
And it was right before I started receiving all these downloads. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to embrace all of this with purpose, with passion and, you know, and going out there to, to help him see not, and not just my child, but families who need this information and for all children, they need to understand that this is a, we need to normalize the conversation. They're not weird. They're not strange. My research, you know, 15 to 20% of the population have the trait of high intuition, but just like you said, Andrew, they all, everyone has this. Everyone is intuitive, is empathic. We all just have it to different degrees. And the people, and especially the children that have it to heightened degrees, you know, it, it's just, they have this extra sensitivity to the subtle energies. And we just have to teach them how to work with it, how to understand it. And even for adults who've gotten disconnected and like I did, like a lot of people did and have to reconnect back to it. So you can embrace it. You can never feel a hole in yourself when you're, there's a part of you that you're not fully embracing. Wow. Thanks, Don. That's, that's so powerful. So I just wanted to chime in here. A lot of times children will come into life and talk about past life experiences. They'll talk about um, just insights and things that they know. Um, this is where they might speak of, um, we used, when I was young, it was called our imaginary friend. And we're like, oh, how cute. He has an imaginary friend. And then now, you know, it's like, oh, this was a spirit guide. And this is why babies are looking over your head and, and off because they see things that we we um, have taught ourselves not to see. And so generally children tend to embrace that and talk about that until usually around the age four or five. And this kind of coincides with going into school for a lot of children. And they go in and they recognize that this isn't something that's talked about a lot. This isn't something that other kids speak about or understand. This isn't something the teacher talks about. So they get to the point where they tend to turn that off. And then certainly if they have parents at home that think it's a cute little thing and they kind of belittle it, or they, you know, like, you know, say, well, that's not something we talk about or, or put the child down, then they, they shut off at, at home as well. Now. So a lot of times our gifts go kind of underground until they awaken later. Um, a lot of people, when they give birth to a child, this is when their intuition comes back in really strong. And what's happening is we intuitively speak with our children. When we have babies, we have to have that telepathic communication with them to understand their needs, to know why they're crying and what's wrong. And so we have that ability as, as a parent, as a mother, to connect with them and telepathically know what they need. So for a lot of women, this is when their gifts and their abilities really open up. But at the same time, there are women that when they have a child, so much of their focus goes on that child that they intuitively open up to the child, but they tend to kind of close down some of their strengths in other, in other places. I've had so many mothers that are like, oh my gosh, similar to you, Ellen, where their gifts just come in really strong. And then I have other mothers that are like, as soon as I became a parent, everything stopped. So it's really interesting, the shifts and when things start to open, certainly into the twenties, I think once we get past those teen years for a lot of people, we, you know, we're not to be like everybody else when we were in high school. You know, we're embracing our individuality. We're a little more philosophic and a lot of people tend to open up to it there. So for me as a parent, I think it's really important to empower our children, to ask them questions, to be curious. Well, what was that like for you in that past life? Can you tell me more about it? Do you have any visuals? Do you remember this? Because that does show them that we care about them and we care what they have to say. And it helps them 
feel empowered and not alone. And then we can talk to them about, well, how do you think we can work on this together? Like if your grandfather's frightening you, you know, um, you have the power to control your space and your, your room. This is your domain. And let's just have a, a talk with him and ask him not to come at night or let's, you know, we can invite the child to help us come up with ideals and suggestions that might help. And that also empowers um, the child, but it's such a tricky thing. Like you said, about when is it safe to talk about it? When is it not safe to talk about it? Even myself as an adult, it took me years and years before I would admit that I was a psychic, you know, and there are still certain groups of people that I don't volunteer that information because I don't feel that it's going to be, you know, serve my higher good, or I know that they're not able to hear it. So that's so tricky as a parent to protect your child but at the same time, empower them and teach them to be all that they can be. So um, I just feel for you, you know, that that is a tricky thing. And I, I have three children. They all have their own gifts and we've come up with tools to help them. But unlike you, I didn't really encourage them to speak about it much because I didn't feel like there was anywhere else that it would be accepted. But we did talk about it a lot at home. So that's such a, a tricky thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is now, like we, we're just, we're so open and my son, he's at that stage, just like with what you said, um, he's getting ready to turn 13 and he's at that stage of wanting to fit in. And like you said, they go through stages. And when they're at that point of being tweens and teens and parents will find that, that some children don't want to talk about, it. they don't want to break, it goes underground because their focus is trying to fit in and it will come back out um, on them. But we're open about it. And the fact that we've been on the, the sh um, shows, we've been out there and, and we're advocating for this. Our son, he doesn't feel like he he can't talk about it now. You know, it, he still, we teach him, you know, like you said, read the room, you know, who you can say it to and who you can't. But because we're in the process of, of you know, with the highly intuitive kids effort, um, we're moving out. We've got the effort online and we've got people worldwide in that community we're moving out into the local communities. We just recently took on a sponsor with that. And we've um, I've been doing festivals and, and events in the local community talking and it's being well received by teachers and, and parents who are open to this um, and offering suggestions on how we can keep these conversations going and um, you know open these dialogues even more um, to get to a point that it's not that you get people to be more open-minded and you don't have to be afraid of talking about it or, or feeling like you have to, to hide it, that this becomes my hope and dream is that this just becomes part of normal conversation because people fear what they don't understand. And what they don't understand is that everybody has these abilities and has experiences to some degree in your life. And so that's really, um, that it's really important. And even for parents that want to just, piggyback off of something that you said, Patty, parents to understand, like you said, women's hormones, that's when their abilities open up. And, and that is absolutely agree with you, but the same for children, like in that tween stage and the, the puberty stage hormones for kids, you may see that your child's abilities open up and just what they may have started with, or you might've noticed when they were little, they may have gone underground or it can change, be open that their gifts and abilities will be changing as they're growing, but also look at that. My son, who, you know, right now he's like, I, I don't want to talk about it that much. But when he does talk about it, he's comfortable to talk about it with folks. But he came to me just last year and we don't push him. He's been on the shows, um, but we did that out of truly a need to help him 
not because we wanted to be on TV. It was never about um, a situation where we were trying to exploit that our child had these abilities. We truly had no other resource of trying to figure a way to help him. So we did the show. If we had never aired, we wouldn't have cared. We were looking at a means for they were able to give us the, um, the support that we were so desperately needing. But so that was really helpful. But right now it's just, we, we want people to understand that we've got to start talking about this more. We need to, to, and to understand, you know, how, how we need to embrace this to help not only ourselves, because there's so many adults even that I've run into and that I, do, that I work with as well as readings and different things that are coming because they're just now getting connected back or trying to understand who they are because of they not understanding these gifts. And also when people come up through different belief systems, you know, the belief systems that you have can also, you know, if you don't believe in intuitive and mediumship abilities, you grow up thinking something's wrong if you have these abilities. And so it's just really trying to open people's mindsets to, to understand that this is, we're all spiritual beings, like I say, having a human experience. And we're going to have these different types. It's natural to have these different type of experiences. So when we can get parents and adults to embrace this about themselves, then we can start really changing things for the children because things won't change for them until uh, the adults really start understanding this and open their minds to it. And that, that's what we're really trying to, to push for and, and sharing people's stories and getting out there talking and really putting this, putting this out there. Um, and, and when we can do that, then children won't feel like they ever have to shut down. I feel kids shut down because when you get to school, you can't talk about it at school. And like you, like you said, Patty, at home, if parents don't understand, they can't talk about it at home or gets dismissed at home. But the more we can just open minds and open conversations um, and open awareness, at least that'll crack the door for how we can start interacting differently with the kids as well. You know, this makes me have a more positive outlook for our future because even when I was raising my daughter who was highly intuitive, she's 20 years old now, and me being psychic and, you know, resisting and fighting my own gifts, I didn't know how to address her gifts growing up and nor did I feel like there was any community that I could have reached out to. And, and the fact that this is a common experience and how much more permeated it is in our society that, you, you know, you go through TikTok and Instagram and there's a little bit coming in everywhere from every angle and it's becoming more and more comfortable for people to accept or explore that these things are happening. I'm really grateful to know that somebody like you has made a space for people to come together specifically for the children, because I'll have to say in my work, probably one of the most common requests I get personally is to coach and guide children. But for me, I, <laughs> I have so much resistance because, you know, I didn't have a good childhood. I didn't know, I don't know how to be around kids. I struggle as a parent in my own self, as a, as a mom to my own children. And uh, I never felt comfortable taking that on, but never felt good that I didn't have anywhere to send those people to either. So I'm curious, where can people find you, if you could say that, and what can a parent or child who is needing support, what can they expect when they contact you or connect with your community? What is it that you are exactly offering for those people? 
The website that we set up is um, highlyintuitivekids.com. And so people, that's anyone can access that website. And that's so important because parents, like I said, educators, anybody who supports family, um, families, children, parents, adults with disability, go there and read, just read the information on the site. And once you start reading it, and that opens minds, it it has so much for each category. It's for parents. It has information all geared toward parenting, and it has information for educators and for other professionals. But I would say everyone should read every part of the website for, for all those categories, because the more you understand, the more you'll see the signs in the kids. And the thing is this, it's like I mentioned, all kids are intuitive. So it, it, I don't really feel that it's, it's, people say there's a, there's a new wave, which I do, more kids are coming in, they're staying so much more connected to their gifts for longer, you know, and some of them are not letting it go. And that's where they get misunderstood. And sometimes, you know, misdiagnosed with ADD, ADHD, sensory processing disorder, high sensitivity, you know, different things. But the more you can educate yourself about what those diagnoses really mean and then what high intuition is, it can mimic, but it's not the same because those things are, can, are actually like a brain, an issue with the brain. High intuition is not. So it's just really educating yourselves on that. But when p- people take a look at the website and then you can join the Facebook group, um, which is highly intuitive kids parent community. Um, When people join that parent community, what we've set up there, um, and we just launched this whole effort back in April of last year, but since then we've made a lot of progress, good progress. Um, So we're just getting ready to come up on a year and it's going to be even more, but we have reached out to many different authors and experts who've come in and who have books. There are lots of books that we found um, when I was doing the research of people who have actually been writing about this since like the 1990s and before, like um, Litany Burns, who wrote The Sixth Sense of Children. And then you have Sarah Weissman, who did uh, Your Psychic Child. Um, You have Catherine Crawford, who's done The Highly Intuitive Child. These books have been around for many years, but the need now, the awareness of how important that information is, is coming out now. We've had these authors, some of them, except for Catherine Crawford, we've had We've even had Pat Longo, who wrote The Gifts Beneath Your Anxiety, and she's the mentor to Teresa Caputo, the Long Island Medium. We've reached out to different people, and they're all supportive of this effort, and they've also been helping to send folks. We have had Patty, who came just two weeks ago and read her wonderful book for young kids, which we need that. We need the, the resource for the young, uh, younger kids out there. And any, so we're bringing all that to the parents, bringing that into the community. So we have each month we're having experts come in to talk about these topics um, with you know the parents each month. We have parent meetups where the parents can come together and we have a topic for the month and we can talk about that and share stories that's set up for parents to come share stories, share experiences, listen to each other and offer suggestions to each other you know, offered what's worked for me, what, you know, maybe you might want to try this and how you can support. And then parents just having the support of each other. And then we just started last month for the the, uh, kids meetup so that we can bring kids together. 
and they can meet monthly. We're doing this online right now because we have people, are, you know, like I said, in different countries who are needed this. That was the other thing in setting this up. It's amazed that, you know, we started getting people joining. We have from the UK, we've had, um, I've had people also coming and doing little segments, half hour segments where they're sharing their stories. And I've had a woman from Portugal. She's um, Japanese Brazilian. She lives in Portugal and she shared her story. I have a woman who's Iranian who shared her story and how it's not as accepted in her culture. Um, we've had people, you know, from different different locations around the world. I've just started having a lot of people reaching out. And so it just really wanting people to see that it's everyone. It's all over the world. <laughs> this is adults all over the world. It's children all over the world. This is I what I believe is it's not so much that it's permeating things now. It's just becoming people aren't, aren't afraid. Like you said, you, they're, they're talking about it more because before you don't talk about it because shh, somebody's going to think you're weird. Somebody's going to think you're crazy. You know, don't, don't talk about this. Keep it in the, keep in the house. We were telling our son that initially, but now I'm like, this is who we are. We're going to embrace this. And if somebody has a problem with it, okay, that's your belief system. And that's fine. Not that we throw this up in everybody's face, but we're not going to not be who we are either. You know, this is who we are. And so we're going to advocate for understanding, for raising awareness, for getting people to start. Under, and that's why we're doing the segments of sharing your stories to help normalize. And I've been happy that people have stepped up and have worked with me to record these like little 30 minute clips and start talking about this is what I experienced as a child. This is what I'm experiencing with raising my highly intuitive child. And these are some things that I've learned along the way, some positive points or bumps and bruises I had that I'm going to share that maybe somebody else can see themselves in this story and it will help them to embrace you know, what's happening with them, fam their families or with themselves. So providing the meeting, providing the conversations to normalize, providing experts, and we have different experts coming in because everybody's gotten to where they are in a different way. Everyone's had a different path. Everyone has a different perspective. And of course we have billions of people around the world. And so somebody's story is going to resonate with someone. And so that's why we always bring in different points of view and different ways, um, different perspectives from the different experts. Um, and we're very proud of where things have landed so far um, and where we're going to continue to go and how we're going to continue to open this up. And um, we even have just started behind the scenes and we'll get this out even more. I've got a little tween group of boys who meet on Sunday morning and play video games and talk to each other. And they don't always have to necessarily talk about their abilities because some of them don't want to, but when they get together, the energy that they have is like, they just like they've known each other forever. And so they just connect and they just talk and, and it's, and it's fun. And it's light. And, and that's what, we're doing and we're wanting to make more of those connections with families, with kids. So the, the whole key is you're not alone. This is not strange or weird. It's not as unique. People just aren't talking about it. Let's talk about it and let's start embracing that this is just a part of our experience. Everyone has this intuition and has psych experience. And I just want to say one thing about intuit. The reason why it's very specific about picking high, um, highly intuitive kids because psychic abilities is just actually one aspect of high intuition. See, high intuition, it, 
you can be creative, gifted in the arts. You can be gifted in any field like science. Um, you have highly intuitive people who are, you know, very, well, there's actually five types, the creative type who are gifted in the arts. You have the empathic type who can feel and register and be very into with their emotions and feelings. Um, you have the psychic who are attuned to the subtle energies. Then you have the spiritually intuitive, and you may recognize that in children who are just advanced wisdom beyond their years. All, all of this is, be, you know, they're beyond their years. And then you have the children who are just gifted with uh, kinesthetically, with physical props, with movement. Like they can, you know, that you're extremely gifted, advanced, gifted athletes or dancers, or, you know, some kids that just need movement and they don't get understood because they may be gifted with having a body agility that people don't understand. Um, so high intuition comes in, is in all those areas. And that's what we want to also acknowledge that it's sometimes people think it's only psychic abilities, but it's not, it's just, it's also these, uh, what's considered child prodigies. I always say they're not, it's not just their child prodigies. They are in tune. They're tapped in to an intuitive stream that has them advanced beyond the years that somebody has recognized and helped them to hone it early on. That's what a child prodigy is because there's more kids like that than not. It's just whether it's understood and how it gets embraced and helped to be refined and brought out, whether it's early on or later on. So I think all, all kids who are child prodigies are highly intuitive children. Where are you located actually for those who might benefit from having uh, in-person gatherings, like you're saying your festivals and all of that? We have a sponsor, the woman, it's a local holistic wellness festival and it's called the Illuminate Festival. She actually runs festivals up and down the East coast and is moving out West. And she's setting one up she just recently told me like in San Diego, um, in the Midwest. So she's branching out and she's a person who intuitively started these holistic festivals to bring, you know, intuitive readers and um, different energy healing and body work, just different things to local communities so they can start embracing and understanding, um, you know, this side of things as well. And it's, you want to know what's funny is because we've partnered up now. And so as she's doing her festivals, I'm going to these festivals and we're presenting workshop on highly intuitive kids and, um, you know, just in getting the information out into the communities. But it was this woman, um, her name is Judy Baziz. She, she's the one who sent out the email about the casting call for this psychic kids show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that came in my inbox that I just happened to respond to. And after we were on the show and before, before we were on the show, we were going to her festivals when they very first started and she was only in a couple locations. But after we were on the show, we happened to go to her festival that's here in Frederick, Maryland. I was like, you know, it's because of you, you sent out this. And she's like, I don't even remember sending it. She's like, I normally would send things like that out. It's like, well, you sent it out and we ended up on the show. And now she and I, we've partnered up and she's helping us to bring this to local communities through these festivals that have grown and that she's offering in, in many different locations in Florida and Tennessee and Pennsylvania, Maryland, you know, up, up the whole East coast. Um, I think she's out in Illinois and, you know, and moving across the country. So, um, but she has a website and people can look um, it's luminatefestivals.com 
and see where the festivals, which uh, states they're in, and if there's one that's local um, to them, because some places don't have exposure to these types of activities. You're doing such good work and such important work. Thank you for, you know, for doing that and taking the time to do that. And, and it's very clear that you're passionate about this and it's, it's wonderful. So I just wanted to comment on a couple things about, uh, for, first of all, your group of teenage boys. Um, for a while I was seeing a few local teenage girls, high school girls, and I would see one do a reading for her. And I think it's really important to educate, especially teenage girls about energy <laughs> and how it works and how important your thoughts are and your words. Well, I would see one and she'd tell a friend and she'd tell a friend and and then, you know, I'd see them the second time. And I said, you know, why don't we get a group together? Like, no, like they were so disinterested in a group because they wanted to come talk about their gifts and tell each other about it, but they didn't want to work together and do that and be put on the spot, which I thought was so interesting. But um, I, like Jude said, have a lot of people that come to me with um, highly intuitive kids, extremely empathic children, which is why I wrote the book. And so I like to share tools with them that I've learned either that spirits told me about or that I've learned with my own kids. So I thought I would share a few of those. And then I'd love to hear Jude's tools and for her own children and things that spirits passed on through her and, and any tools that you have used. When you spoke about kids being diagnosed with ADD, I have found that there are children that are so intuitive or so empathic that being in a classroom where they're closed in with other children and children do not contain their energy very well, it's hard for them to focus on their work because they may be picking up on the sadness with the child next to them, the hunger of this child, this person's high energy is affecting them. The teacher had an argument with her husband in the morning and it's overwhelming. And for somebody that is empathic, being in a closed group situation can be extremely overwhelming and kind of claustrophobic. So one of my um, my clients, her son was diagnosed as having ADD or ADHD. And I said, well, this is what's going on. He's super empathic. And she agreed with that. So I actually, I'm an aromatherapist and I made him a mist, a spray. Because for children to have something tangible or to hold on to, whether it's a mist or whether it's a crystal or they put a tourmaline under their bed or something that helps them ground into this and, and it gives them something to hold on to or something to trust. So we made him a, a spray and the mother spoke to the teacher and said he gets overwhelmed. He needs lots of breaks and he would step outside and he would mist himself, take a few deep breaths. And then, and I made him, you know, a clearing spray and then he would be able to go back in. When I was growing up, I went to the bathroom all the time. You know, I always got good grades, but they're like, she goes to the bathroom too often. Does she have a medical issue? Um, you know, I just needed space and I needed to go reset and have breaks. So a crystal, a tourmaline, you know, if you tell them this will help, you know, um, my son couldn't sleep through the night. He had visitors and we got him a puppy, which was kind of hell, but we told him this puppy will keep things away. And it actually empowered him and the puppy slept with him and he slept through the night from then on and never spoke of it. My daughter is very sensitive. Um, she has a lot of visitors from earthbound spirits and even people that aren't earthbound ghosts that have passed and she can't sleep. She'll wake up and she'll be like, well, you know, we had a neighbor that committed suicide and she'd be like, he's showing up again. I don't know what he wants or why is your dad coming in my room? You know, no, 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 no. And so for her, I said, well, let's put on a virtual stocking cap you know, or a hard hat, hard hat seemed a little hard to sleep in. So I think we settled on a virtual stocking cap to kind of close off her crown chakra and imagine pulling it over her third eye, just to kind of give her a buffer from things coming in, you know, and 
having kids take those breaks, take time for themselves, kind of explore. It helps them learn to self-soothe. It helps them recognize, oh, I get overwhelmed in crowds, so I'm going to prepare for that and protect myself. And then I'm going to take the time afterwards to reboot. I learned early on that my children could not do two birthday parties in one weekend. So we really monitored social activity. You know, we would only say, you know, pick one one for the weekend because all three of my children are extremely sensitive and they would just come home, you know, crying and throwing temper tantrums and, and, you know, not being able to sleep and, um, you know, overwhelmed energetically because they needed that time to recover energetically from the social activity, just like kids really need that time from, you know, from school. A lot of children come home from school exhausted or on the weekends, they're just, knocked down and can't, can't get up and and get anything done or even enjoy themselves because they're having to recover so much. So tools are super important. My, my book for empathic children has a bunch of tools in there that work not only for children, but for anyone, um, adults as well. And like you said, I'm sure that the, the people that come and speak in your program and share that information have tools, but everybody is different and not every tool is going to work with every child and getting to really know. And I, and I love these categories that you put the high, the intuition into categories because understanding what category your child is under and finding those ways to help them will help them know how to help themselves in the future rather than just being labeled as difficult or not able to sit down in class or not able to focus or any of those things that come along with it. So tools are very important. So I'm curious, Jude, I know with your girls, do you have any tools that you use that seem to help them? I mean, I'm like you, I like the comfort items like crystals and sprays and even little stuffies and teddy bears and things like that (laughs) Uh, for young young children to have something tangible to touch that would be comforting but for me what i think i've noticed along the board is a big need for grounding and understanding what grounding is for little kids Um, we do that through meditation through breathing exercises. But one of the things that I did with my older daughter is I had her design and imagine, because she's an artist, the seat of her root chakra. And uh, the root chakra being the gateway to grounding and oftentimes as a clairvoyant, I see that as some sort of pillar, chair, seat, some sort of energetic structure that defines that you are connected to the earth or to a portal of transmutation, something, whereas people who are very ungrounded seem to like be missing this energy um, below them. And what happens is their whole field gets kind of pulled up into their upper chakras. And that's where people can really suffer from anxiety and anxiousness. And they get in their head too much and everything's always racing because the energy is not going anywhere. So we really need to learn how to ground that energy out. So one of the meditations that I walked my daughter through and gave it to her as an exercise was to imagine like her perfect throne, her perfect seat. What is the seat that you come back to? And I remember she had come back to me and she had like wolves like carved in the um, the arms of this beautiful throne that went down and it was made out of marble and stone, like this old sort of Gothic, cause that's kind of how she is. But it, it empowered her, it gave her something to like give her attention to this idea that she had energy that was connecting her, that was grounding her to something and allowing this energy to move out. So, 
you know, I haven't worked with a lot of children. I have certainly been feeling the nudge to open that up a little bit more. And, and that might be something that's in my future. But uh, I can't say that I have a lot of experience outside of just trying to guide my own daughter. But I think that that really worked for her. And I think that would be probably something that I would offer other children is to really use their imagination, even like draw or color or bring artwork into it about like what their seat is, what is connecting them to the earth, what's connecting them to this reality in this world. Grounding is a great thing. Um, my middle son, when he would be acting out, which was very rare, his punishment would be to go outside and run around the redwood trees five times barefoot. And, and he would go out and do it and he would come back in and just be like, I'm okay now, mama. Sorry. Like it would just re, it would really help him reset. However, I, you know, I had one teen um, young girl that would come in with her mom and I ended up seeing her alone later on, but she came in and I'm like, Oh, I have this new healing bowl and it, it's heavy. It's metal. I was actually, Jude helped me pick it out. I think she wanted it and I snuck it out from underneath her, but it's very grounding and very solid. And I said, Oh, I want to play this for you. And so she was sitting there with her mom across from me and I started playing it. And I was like, isn't it amazing? And I look at her and it was like, I was torturing this girl. She had the most horrible look on her face. She was squeezing her mom. Her mom was kind of giving me that like across the throat, like stop, stop. And I had to stop and I'm like, what? And she, it took her a little while to recover. And she is highly, highly intuitive and sensitive and grounding for her and actually tapping in and sending any type of root system was torture because her tapping into the earth allowed her to tap into all the pain of the collective consciousness, all the suffering that our planet is doing, the, you know, the, Anything that you can think of that's negative about this planet is what she tapped into when she grounded. So for her, it was so interesting because she was very up into her upper chakra, but trying to have her uh, find a way to come into her lower chakras and take her gifts into, you know, the third dimensional reality was really tricky. And we worked a lot on it and we came up with some things to, to work with and, and some visualizations that helped. But again, this is just one of those things where not every child is going to respond to everything that you put out there and offer. I'm curious, Ellen, what have been some of the tools that were offered to your son for him to be able to handle his gifts that have been very helpful? Quite a few of the tools that have been mentioned, um, like what you're saying, art is an excellent that's something we rec recommend. Art is one of the ways that kids tap into their intuition because of the visualization and creativity. So that was excellent what you did with your daughter. And that's something that is a great tool um, for parents and even the schools just to, to use to, to help kids connect with their abilities. I'll just share a quick story. Um, it was through art when our son, we moved him from one school he was in where he wasn't having a good experience with his bully. We put him in a different school and they were doing art. He came home with these papers and his teacher showed us these papers where he had drawn and said he was a medium and drew a picture of like him laying on the ground with like X's over his eyes and his spirit up in the air. And he started drawing all these intuitive pictures. And so it started opening up the conversation more, but that was how he was connecting with his abilities and starting to be able to, you know, voice it more and, and talk through it. So art is a great way to, great way to do that. And then like you, the movement, exercising, we keep him in, he's a track, you know, boys just moving his energy. That's a great way for him to ground. And I love what you said, Patty, because it's absolutely hundred percent agree. 
For young children, a great thing to do is just let them be outside barefoot in the grass because connecting to the energy of the earth for those that it feels good for them, it's a great way to, to balance your chakras and just the energy of the earth with your bare feet, not only for kids, for adults too, will help to rebalance your chakras, um, just that natural alignment. Um, but for our son to, I would encourage parents, you know, like I said, read the room, but we've talked to our, our son's teachers, you know, and we've told them that this is, our son is intuitive and he's empathic. And just like you said, Patty, there's times like he's sitting on the back or the edge of the classroom because being up in the middle of the classroom was too much, you know, for him with being around the kids. We started talking to his teachers as he got older and the surprising thing, and it wasn't really surprising because we know it's out there, but there were a few teachers that said, thank you for sharing because you know what? We are, I have that too. I have that. And so then- we were able to align with those teachers and said, okay, you know what? We need you to, since you understand, can you help to look out for our son in this way? But once we started opening up that conversation and people were willing to, to share, then it came, we started being able to make those kind of connections. But Patty, just like what you said about the bathroom breaks, our son does that. He will take breaks when he needs to like go into the, go to the bathroom and just take a minute to take a breather. Um, but I think visualization is really good for kids. Um, and like you said, um, about the, these children tend to hold anxiety and sometimes chronic anxiety turns into depression. It's that energy is not being processed. And so by doing art, by doing grounding through movement, by teaching them, one of the things we have up on the website, we have a section with helpful holistic techniques. So that's giving more tools. People can look out there breathing, deep breathing exercises. It calms the parasympathetic nervous system down, teaching your kids to do that. Um, yoga is another way, you know, to, to connect in to being able to self-regulate and self-manage themselves, self-soothe themselves. Um, we also have taught in the Highland Intuitive Kids group, and there's lots of information out there, tapping is another wonderful tool for kids to use. And I advocate that all schools should teach that um, to, um, you know, to the children. And there's, that's getting out there more and more as another resource for helping, um, you know, kids to, to manage, regulate um, their, their energy flow. But I think, um, I, I think movement is so important. We had an author come in, especially for young kids, because that's how they relate art and movement and teaching them to breathe. Um, and then in finding ways, exercises, which is usually mostly through art, um, to process that energy, process that intuitive energy so it's not stuck in their bodies. Um, you know, it, the more they can do that, the more it releases it, and they're able to then stay more grounded. Um, and, and giving them the, the, tool, the visualization tools of protecting themselves in a bubble of white light, you know, of um, you know, boundaries, you know, when you go to sleep at night, imagine you have a closed sign that you hang out, you hang in your room, closed down, <laughs> no one's allowed in here, you know, those things that, and parents do have to try different techniques for their children. But I just do want to point out that there are some techniques out on our website, like Patty said, not every technique works the same for every child. So parents need to educate themselves and try what works best for them or sprays or, um, some kids sent 
you know, they, it's very powerful for them and tools dealing with scent will work better for them. But um, yeah. And meditation, I think that's one of the best things that's younger. You can start your child with meditation and there's some meditation videos on the highly intuitive kid website as well to get parents started um, for every age number that they are, if, especially when you're dealing with young children, if you have a five-year-old, they should ideally be able to sit for five minutes. It's like one minute per age, but gauge your child and know what works best for them. But the more, if you can get them just kind of sit in stillness just for a little while, <clears throat> it'll get to help to balance out their energy a little bit more. So you guys have covered a lot of it. And those are things we work with our child, our, you know, our son with tools are so important. And I think that was a great point that Patty Patty made. And so we do have uh, tools out there on the website that people can access and use as a starting point to launch them into, um, you know, into more. And I think too, um, just like what you both have been saying, one of the things that we offer with our group is we tell people they can reach out too. I mean, there's intuitives, you both are, I am, there's lots of others out there. But I think being able to be aligned with someone who can help you if you don't know or don't aren't aware how to work with this, align with somebody that is a good fit for your family and to, that can work with your child um, and, and you on how to, to work them through this. Because the more we can keep the children connected to this part of themselves, the more they grow up into happy, whole adults who don't have to reclaim or reconnect to that part of themselves. And they walk in life more sure-footed on their purpose and path in life because they're not only showing up as part of a person, but they're showing up as the full light of who, of who they are and what, who they're, what they're meant to be and do. Because these intuitive kids are, I always say, they're our visionaries. They're our creators. They're the ones that are going to go out. They think bigger and different. Um, and I, I will just add this one little piece in here because this is important for folks to know. The kids who are highly intuitive are highly are um, intuitive learners. You have intuitive learners and you have linear thinking learners. And one of the things for our school systems and teachers do the best they can do with the system that we have, but our school system is not set up to support the intuitive learners, which are our highly intuitive children. And one of the things on our website that we offer out there, we, ha we have a link to a free Myers-Briggs um, ass personality assessment. If people take that, and I always say for teens and tweens, start them even at that age, take the Myers-Briggs, it will show you if your child rates as intuitive. We had our son do this like two years ago. He was came up intuitive and empathic in that test. We knew he would, but I wanted to see how that came back. But what I say that because when you have that as a parent and schools and conversations can be started around that, I think schools should do that with teens and tweens because then you can start seeing the makeup of the classroom. And if you have more intuitive learners than what they call sensate or that these are linear thinkers, linear learners, then you can gear the curriculum to fit more of the needs of the learning style because it's truly two different learning styles. Your linear thinkers always think A, B, C, one, two, three. They go in order. And highly intuitive child like my son, like I was, I, I thought this way to go A, B, C, X, Y, Z. 
they can jump to the big picture and make bigger conclusions and make bigger intuitive leaps and things than linear, linear thinkers do. And it's not that one is better than the other or one is just that's how they process and think. So if a teacher is teaching an assignment and going through the details, but a child in, in going step one, two, three, but you have a child who can make quick connections and has already figured everything out. Well, then the teacher's like, oh, he's sitting bored in class or she's sitting bored in class. It's like, well, they may be bored because they've already they've already intuitively come up with the answer, but the, you're making them go through all the detailed steps. So then those are the ones they're off daydreaming. They're off thinking about something else. They're somewhere somewhere else. But it's because they've already made the connections that need to be made and waiting for everyone else to catch up to where they are in their thinking. So that's just something I'm going to throw out there for parents and people. The Myers-Briggs is good for anybody to take, but it just is another credible, tangible piece of evidence for a parent to have that under their belt when they're talking to schools or negotiating or advocating for your child to understand what he or she needs as far as learning. Because sometimes it's a, learn it's a learning style issue. And all this information is out on the website as well. It's a learning style issue, not necessarily a, um, a that, like I was mentioning, like a, people thinking that they're ADD, like they're not paying attention because it's a, a an actual diagnosis. It's not necessarily that. It's because the learning environment is not set up to help support their thinking style, which they're intuitive thinkers. And I'll just give you one real quick example. Albert Einstein, <laughs> he was an intuitive thinker. He was actually kicked out of school. They said he was uneducable. He couldn't educate him. But he went on to come up with E equals MC squared. And he intuitively came up with that formula. And then they went back and proved the details that what he said was correct. So him and Thomas Edison and some of these inventors, these are visionaries. They can see things that other people can't see and make those leaps. And that's what these are highly intuitive kids think in that way. And that's just something for parents to understand and think about. And please, I say hit the website because there's a lot of information about all of that out there. That's fascinating. Thank you so much. I have a question about Ethan. Does Ethan, does he want to do anything with his gifts? Does he see himself as a psychic or helping people? Or does he want to be like a professional soccer player? And, and I know he's only 13, but does he, does he have any idea of what he wants to do when he gets older career-wise? Well, you know, I've, yes. And, and the thing that I love, th thanks for asking that question too, because that's another, just a wonderful point. He's said since he was young, he wants to be an inventor. That's one of the things that he, he wants to do. And he, he wants to invent. And he's just a very creative mind. And so that's in, in, intuition. I mean, works through the right brain, the creative mind. But he, that's what he wants to do. And he always tells me, he's like, Mom, I don't want to. He's like, I don't want to do readings. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. He's like, that's not how I want to use my gifts. And I always tell him, that's not the only way to use them. You don't have to use them that way. Because that's one of the things I let folks know that I talk to with kids or even adults, you don't have to use them to read people, people who want to do that and feel called to that will do that. But you use it, that creative aspect of your intuition to help inform whatever calling you're called to, you're going to be creative and use your gift in that way. And so he, he definitely, he wants to be an inventor. He already told us what school he's going to go to. He's going to major in engineering. He's going to major in physics. And he's going to design hovercrafts and all these things to change the future. And I was like, you know what? Do it. 
<laughs> do it. We That's need awesome. inventors to keep coming up with the new. That's Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and you know Elon Musk and all these people. That's how things keep progressing. Is you get folks out there who think these thoughts and can help turn it into reality. The Wright brothers. That's how we got planes. <laughs> so that's why he, he wants to be an inventor. <laughs> Very cool. So Ellen, you mentioned that you are an intuitive and that you offer readings. Do you offer one-on-one readings with people specifically to assist them with intuitive kids? Do you offer it for other purposes? How would somebody go about meeting with you if that's even something that you offer? Um, yes, I, I work with um, individual with adults and I work with families with children um, that reach out. Anyone with children, we have the highly intuitive kids. You can always contact me through highlyintuitivekids at gmail.com. Um, and even for that group, you know, just reach out. I always try to peek. Everybody's different. Everybody's needs are different. So I work with people directly. But if I can't meet somebody's needs, I have other that I'm able to connect people with. Um, but I have, they can reach me through that. And then for just adults who are looking for somebody, you know, wants to connect with me to do readings for them. And I do that with and without art. Um, since I am a spirit artist, um, people can reach me through Ellen at ellenedmondson.com as well. But, um, I, I love working with people either, you know, either way. <laughs> Ellen, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show and telling us about your mission and sharing with us your amazing story and giving us so many awesome resources for the parents out there and the kids out there who are needing help that they can reach to you. And if not you, you also have other people outside of yourself that uh, you can lead them to and that we will have all of your contacts on our Instagram and under the description of this podcast on spiritspeakerspodcast.com. Patty, any final words for Ellen? I just wanted to thank you again, Ellen, for for joining us. And you are such a good speaker and have so much information. I feel like we could probably split this into two or three podcast episodes because I know it's already going a little bit long and I feel like we just barely touched the surface. So thank you so much. I, I feel I'm so fortunate to have met you and thank you for joining us today. Well, and thank you both so much. I've truly enjoyed talking with you today. And I think it's great what you all are doing to help with putting these conversations out there to folks. And it goes back to, like I'm saying, not normalizing these conversations. The more we talk about it, the more people understand that they're not alone. It's not as strange. And and I applaud both of you for what you're doing. And thank you for having me on. I've truly, truly appreciated being here and being able to get the message out about the highly intuitive kids effort that we're doing. So to close out this podcast, I had an opportunity to interview a highly intuitive child that lives here on Kauai. And I'm going to add this here at the end because her share is very interesting. And I think it's a great example for you, the listeners, to be able to hear from the perspective of a child, some of the things that they might be experiencing and how it is that they handled it. Beyond that, I just want to thank you all for listening. As always, much love and aloha. Take care. Okay, so we have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Delfina, and she is 10 years old, almost 11, coming up here in another month in the fifth grade, and she lives on the island of Kauai. I am actually friends with her mother and found out about Delfina through conversations with her mom. And it sounds like she has some pretty extraordinary intuitive gifts for such a young person and is navigating it really well, I got to say, for one, because her mother's so incredible and such a spiritually open woman. 
I'm sure that she's been able to help young Delphina in her journey in discovering and honing in on her own gifts, but we have her here today to chat with us a little bit about her experience and how it is that she works with her own intuition and maybe some of the things that she's been experiencing. So Delphina, nice to have you. Hi. Hi. Let, let's just get into it. When did you first realize that you had a perception that went beyond what other people around you had? Well, I would like see fairies when I was younger. I love that. And how did you see them? How did you experience them? Well, I experienced them as little like light, like fluttering things. Were you able to communicate with them or were you somehow? Yeah, I could talk to the fairies. When I was younger, I had my imaginary friends, which were like Stella and Belshik, and I would always talk to them. As I said, they were imaginary. That's what you would say to people with not as much psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. But if you were saying they were actually like people just in a different realm. And could you describe them to me? Belshik was a green crystal man. And then um, Stella was an angel. You had an awareness of them being around you a lot from the very beginning? Yeah, they were like around me. And then I'd have them like be traveling to like my grandma and stuff. Did you find them to be very comforting and helpful for you as you were growing up? They were comforting for me, but mostly they were like a friend. Oh, so they were more like equals to you. They weren't trying to guide you necessarily. They were just But they would sometimes, but they were also mostly buddies. Yeah. Do you still have any perception of them being around you still? Yeah, they are still around me. Your mom has told me that you have had visitations on occasions from beings that were not necessarily those two friends, as you say. Would you want to speak on that a little bit? Mostly... Um, That happened when I was going to bed. This one time there was like this blue alien looking thing or like celestial being. It would be like outside my window and I would see it and I'd be like, mom, I see an extraterrestrial. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like, mom, there's an ET outside my window. (laughs) Yeah. And, And what did it look like, the blue being? Well, it was like really glowy, but it had like wrinkles almost and it was like tall was it trying to communicate with you at all or just a presence? No, it was kind of just like a presence, but the presence was like light. And then I felt a little bit of darkness. So it was interesting. You were a little spooked out by it, but your mom was able to uh, help you work through that. Yeah. Can I ask, what did you do? Like, how did you handle that particular situation? Yeah. So you would put like a candle next to water, like a bowl of water on top of a really high space, like a bookshelf, like a super high bookshelf. Like not a short bookshelf, but super high because it has to be higher than you. So then after the candle was done, you would blow it out, take the water and pour it on the earth. And then, and then it clears all the energy out. Actually, I remember your mom getting that advice from a master medium from the Ubanda lineage, a woman named Ana Maria. And if I remember correctly, you're supposed to get one of those seven day candles and say a prayer, uh, calling in your guides and asking for what you're hoping to achieve with the cleansing. 
and then let the candle burn all the way through. And yes, then pour the water out into the earth. So I'm really happy that that ended up working for you. And I love this method because I think even beyond moving spirits out that you don't want in your home, it would probably be a really great ritual to do to just clean energy in general. So thank you for sharing that. Have you ever experienced any other beings besides the blue being that you saw outside your window that one time? There was other um, like extraterrestrials that I met that were like on floating hoverboards or something. Very cool. And what were they like? What did they look like? They they kind of look similar, but they were like all different colors. And has at any time any of these extraterrestrial beings uh, ever tried to communicate with you or interact with you in any way? Um. Well, one time one of them was like, it was like saying like my name, but very faintly. And then my I woke my friend up because we were on a sleepover. <laughs> But you weren't spooked out. You were. You felt fairly calm. This one was not really giving me that energy, yeah. So you have a connection with extraterrestrial beings, which I believe or I see them as being interdimensional beings, conscious life forms that exist on another dimensional plane. And I have an awareness that other people can't see them uh, like you could and sometimes myself. I'm also one of those people who have uh, interesting contacts on occasion with beings. Do you have any insights in your young 10, almost 11 year old self about why it is that they might be trying to connect with you? Well, I feel like sometimes they're trying to send a message and sometimes they're just visiting me. So the ET experiences, though, I can imagine would be frightening because it's so just unusual. And I mean, even for me, for as much and as long as I've been in in that space, uh, it's always frightening to me a little bit the first time I see one because it's so out of place. Uh, But I've never felt in danger or anything like that. Have you ever had any experiences where you were really frightened, like very scared and very uncomfortable with what was happening? I think with um, the, there was this one time when I kept seeing like this yellow light like being um like peeked through my window and it didn't have as much of a light feeling to it it had more of a like dark feeling to it but yeah what did you do to handle that situation at that time I kind of just tried to calm myself but it was really scaring me so I went downstairs from my room because it's separate from the house and so I kind of just stayed there for a while and then once I felt like I wanted to go back up, it was like not there anymore. So, And yeah. could you tell me some of the things that you do specifically to help calm yourself down? Um, generally, I just try and take like deep breaths or like or I like try and guide it away from my room or my space. Like you communicate to it in order to get it to move away or? Yeah, I'm like, can you go because I don't want you here. I like that. That's a, that's a good method. <laughs> um, do you have any tools that you like to use to help keep your space clear? Well, I like to use like cedar, but. Oh, I love that. Cedar. Like essential. cedar yeah. Oh, like actual cedar wood or. No, like burn the leaf part. Oh, I like love the dried that. leaf part. Yeah. yeah. And cedar's tricky. Because we have a um, cedar tree in our, in California and we bring it home sometimes. So. 
I yeah. love that. You know, um, my friends always send me cedar. <laughs> like I had so many people when they send me care packages from California, they'll throw a sprig of cedar in there for me because they know that I love it. But I think that's really awesome. I was going to say, where are you getting all the cedar from? Because <laughs> we, don't, we don't have it here in Hawaii. Um, one of the things that have always worked for me uh, when I get sensitivities to other energies around me is I like to encapsulate myself inside a shield of some sort. Like before I used to do like a light. Now I use a diamond. That's my favorite because I think diamonds are really a, like a hard substance, but they're super clear and they can have little rainbow refractions in them, which makes me feel really kind of beautiful on the inside. But I will project a shield around me and that way I can define from my mind and from my feeling that I am within that shield and everything else is outside of it. And then if I need more space, because I am a medium and I do see a lot of uh, spirits around, I will make that shield bigger. I'll open it up, open it up, open it up. So that way it's making more room for me. So I am saying by the boundary line of that shield, nothing can come in any closer than that. And then I think when you use a high vibrational shield, it creates an even um, like a bigger vibration that lower energies that do not align with that shielding will have to move quite far away from you. I, it sounds like you have um, your special friends, your guides that are with you. I'm certain that you could ask them for a little bit of support and that you could uh, work on utilizing those images of crystals or encapsulating yourself in some sort of little temple of light to really what it is is you're exercising your mind to say that is my personal space it's like claiming orically around you what space is yours and what space um, belongs to everything else that wants to exist outside of you so i pass that on to you i hope hope that we'll be able to help you with um, your sensitivities so thank you delphina i hope you have a wonderful day much love to you